It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is God's word. Good morning, I'm Loz. I'm the student worker here at Christchurch Mayfair, and it's my privilege this morning to be proclaiming Christ from the scriptures. Let me start with prayer. Father God, please give us soft hearts and sharp minds as we hear you speak to us through your word. Please would you be at work in us, revealing yourself and changing us to be more like Jesus. Amen. New year, new you. As we stand on the edge of 2017 and 2018 stretches out before us, how will the year ahead be different to the year just gone behind. How are your New Year's resolutions shaping up? I thought Twitter might help me with some ideas for this year's New Year's resolutions, and so here are a few. Uh, first one, I've decided to leave my past behind me, so if I owe you money, I'm sorry, I've moved on. Uh, second one, my New Year's resolution is to be a more assertive, if that's okay with you guys. See what they did there. Uh, my New Year's resolution is simply to remember to write 2018 instead of 2017. I think that's, that's challenging but actually achievable, isn't it? And uh, perhaps the one I like the most. My New Year's resolution is that donuts have no calories. I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, seriously, though, um, what, what about Christchurch Mayfair as a family? What should we resolve to do as a church family? Or to put it another way, what do you think are maybe some of the greatest threats to our church in 2018? And what do you think the answer is to that? This morning, we're going to be spending most of our time in verses 5 to 11 of Philippians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul is writing to the early church in Philippi, and they seem to be in great form. Paul joyfully praises God for them. He's thankful for their partnership in the gospel. And, and that partnership is expressed through their, their financial support, the way that they send out gospel ministers. 
And, you know, it, it made me think, I wonder if in God's kindness, um, in a similar kind of way, we can give thanks to God. We can thank God for his work in us as a church family that partners with each other and churches across London. Like Paul did with the Philippians, we can thank God for sustaining us through 2017. And, and it is God's work in us. There, there's no room for boasting. But despite the good stuff, Paul still had some pressing concerns for the flourishing Philippian church. In verses 1 to 4, he reminds them of the union they have with Christ. And he urges them to live out that union through their humble unity with each other. You know what? If we're going to stay united as a church in 2018, we're going to need to reflect our union with Christ among one another. If we want to joyfully progress as a church family, we need to grow in our unity and keep growing. And this brings me uh, to our first and main point from this passage, looking at verses 5 to 8. And that's relate like Christ. Relate like Christ. Because here, Paul gives away the secret of how we can live in humble unity. He shows us the greatest model of humility in all of history. He walks us through Jesus' mindset. We are to relate like Christ. We are to kind of imitate him. So let's walk through these verses with Paul starting at verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Dwell on that for a moment. Christ in his very nature was God. He was equal with God. He had all the power of God at his disposal. Nobody could make him do anything he didn't want to do. Nobody could make him go anywhere he didn't want to go. He was free to do whatever he pleased. Stop for a moment and consider the world leaders of today and throughout history. I don't think we have to think for very long to... Uh, to find corrupt leaders, as, as we saw just, just this morning, Kim Jong-un of, of North Korea, people who uh, grasp after power and status and wealth while their people starve. But what about us? I actually think that we obviously aren't like that, but at the same time, it's so easy for us, isn't it, to, to drift towards using our position to our own advantage, to benefit ourselves first and foremost but not so with Christ. Having more power, status, and authority than, than the wildest dreams of a tyrant. He just let it seep through his hands. And verse 7, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Not only did he not use what he was to his own advantage, instead, he did the opposite. He made himself nothing. Would it not be unusual and humiliating for the likes of, I don't know, Donald Trump to, to start regularly putting his overalls on and mow the White House lawn? Or, or would it not be an amazing surprise to discover that uh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II uh, dons rubber gloves regularly and, and personally scrubs 
every toilet in Buckingham Palace. Would it not be shocking if, if the fastest man in history, Usain Bolt, somehow morphed into the likes of me and surrendered most, perhaps all, of his legendary speed? How much more unusual, humiliating, amazing, surprising, even shocking it is for Christ to go far lower. The creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ made himself nothing. Nothing compared to who he is as God. It would have been, think about this, it would have been an unimaginably huge step for Christ to have descended to the level of an angelic being. But no, the master of the universe, he came down, 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 until the master could only be recognized as a servant, a mere human being. Again, how often does a leader prove unwilling to to relinquish, to let go of, of their post? Even in democratic countries like ours, Generally, when they go, it's, it's, it's because of electoral failure or ailing health or constitutional limitations. And when they do go, most of the time it's into kind of a fancy, well-paid speaking role or some sort of advisory role for a bank as a consultant or something, an elder statesman for hire. Yet Christ was willing to abase himself from the highest of heights to the depths of becoming a servant, a human And you know what? He wasn't even born to to some sort of powerful family. I mean, as as we've sung from the squalor of a porridge stable, he came as a weak and vulnerable baby in the stinking, noisy mess of an animal trough, seemingly born out of wedlock to a practically invisible carpenter's family. Surely that's low enough, isn't it? Verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Having constrained his nature as God to a human, so relinquishing everything and making himself nothing, how much lower could Christ go? Well, it turns out, lower still. He chose to obey death. None of the rest of us uh, get to choose whether or not to obey death because none of the rest of us have power over life. Yet once more, we see that Christ was not just pretending to be human. He wasn't just God in some sort of weird kind of skin costume. No, Christ made himself fully human, choosing to humble himself even to the point of death. And even then, as though his humiliation were not sufficient, Jesus didn't die in in comfort and peace in his sleep. No, he died naked and exposed on a cross, lifted up for all to see. It was a tortuous means of execution. It is something that the Romans reserved for kind of the scum of the Roman Empire. 
Has there ever been a greater paradox, a deeper irony, a more degrading and inappropriate way to present the Lord of glory? Flogged, spat upon, mocked with a crown of thorns in a scarlet robe, facing laughter and obscenity from soldiers, religious leaders, the crowd, even one of those crucified next to him was hurling abuse, denied and disowned even by some of his closest friends and followers. And yet, all the while, the creator God sustaining the very heartbeats of those sealing his fate as they nailed him to the cross. This is humility. This is service. This is Christ. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The one who did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, we may not give our lives up as a ransom for others, but we are to die to living for ourselves. Instead, our lives can be characterized by not using our positions for our own advantage. We can let our status and, and privilege seep through our fingers so that we might be servants to others. But what does it actually look like to relate like Christ in 2018? What does it look like to imitate him? Well, in 2018, you'll never be more like Christ than when your attitude to your church family is other person-centered. When, before you even come through the doors, or in fact, maybe even every time you come through the doors, you're praying, Lord, who can I serve in my conversation? Lord, who is nobody talking to? Would you bring me to them? Who might be struggling to identify with anyone in this room? Or maybe just who's struggling? And then when, when we actually get into our conversations, uh, are we just waiting for our opportunity to talk about ourselves and, uh, and what we're going through? Or are we actively listening to others and, and asking after them, helping them to apply what, what they know of the gospel to their lives? After a, a long week and a frantic scramble to get on, to church on time, even more frantic if you've got little ones, it's so easy, isn't it, to, to just take our foot off the gas as we come through the doors. And, and I know it's, it's certainly my instinct, but I think it's everyone's. An, an instinct kind of to look for, for our friends, to look for the people who are most like us, the people that we most click with, and, and kind of unwind with them. But what about the person here for the first time? Or people with a different accent, a different dress sense, or someone who talks too much or, or too little? Perhaps someone slightly younger than us or someone slightly older than us. Do we talk to the same people week in, week out? Let me encourage you to welcome everyone well, not just our friends. Instead of arriving and thinking, here I am, who wants to talk to me or who do I want to talk to? Let me encourage you to think, there you are. Who can I serve by, by talking to them? What can I ask about them? Remember, not here I am, but there you are. 
Now, inevitably, some weeks will arrive spiritually battered, bruised and exhausted with nothing to give and needing a hug and a cup of tea and that's fine. In fact, being open about weakness and inviting others into our mess can can actually be a way of serving the church family. Because it's, it's a dangerous thing, isn't it, if we develop the sort of church culture where everyone kind of gives off an aura of uh, having basically got life nailed and no longer struggling with, with sin at all. But generally, I think for most of us, certainly me, most of the time, we could do with being a bit more intentional and other person-centered in, in who we talk to and how we talk to them. Not here I am but there you are. In 2018, you'll never be more like Christ than when your attitude to your church family is not looking to your own interests, but looking to the interests of others. Now, I'm conscious I've focused on one area, but there are far more opportunities to relate to each other in humble service as a church family, both inside and outside the walls of the church building. Personally, at despite having been a ministry trainee myself, I can find it all too easy to think that it's kind of their job to move the chairs whilst I busy myself with important pastoral conversations. Sometimes I think I actually manage to dress up a kind of proud laziness with a veneer of holiness instead of just sometimes rolling up my sleeves and serving alongside others. That's something I think I need to be more aware of myself. In 2018... You'll never be more like Christ than when you serve your families or friends in, in unseen and, and thankless ways. That could, that could express itself in a range of ways. It might be cleaning the loo. It might be helping the, with the dishes, maybe changing the nappy or, or, or taking out the rubbish, cooking for people, or, or maybe just when people get back at the end of the evening. And it's really tempting, isn't it, just, just to check out mentally and, and put a box set on. And instead to to ask how they're doing and give them the time. It might even look like helping to bedwash an elderly member of your family. Or perhaps in years to come, having the humility to allow others to bedwash you. Our passage is focused primarily on how the people of God relate to one another. But humbly relating to each other like Christ inside the church should overflow into how we relate to people outside of the church. So when we head to our workplace, we might well think, how can we humbly serve those who might be regarded as beneath us? Do we take advantage of our power over junior colleagues and interns or even building staff? Do we we even acknowledge them? Do we know their names? And on a slightly different note, when when we see how far Christ came to humbly serve people by dying for them, will we be willing to risk wounding our pride by talking to friends, talking to family, talking to colleagues, even strangers, about Jesus? Can we humbly serve people by telling them about Jesus? In 2018, you'll never be more like Christ than when you let go of your pride and your own interests and you serve others' interests. Let me put it to you. In 2018, what will you let seep through your fingers so that your hands are free to serve others? What will you give up? 
This is the main point here. We are to relate like Christ. And Christ does not call us to go where he has not already gone. We tread where he has trod. Christ, the one who has washed his followers' feet, called them to wash the feet of one another. And so we're called to have this mindset in our relationships with one another. Let's not just love those who love us. Let's not just look around and look out for and welcome those who are like us. Let's relate like Christ. Let's imitate like Christ. Let's humbly serve like Christ. Secondly, and more briefly, let's look at how God the Father responds to Christ's humiliation in verses 9 to 11. He shows us that we are to glory in Christ. Glory in Christ. Verse 9. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. From the height of glory, Christ descended down, 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 all the way to the point of death as a human being, a servant. And so God raised him up, 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 up. Christ's incomparable, perfect, humble obedience was rewarded with unparalleled exaltation. If God the Father responded by lifting Christ up, then so should we. In your personal devotions and and in your quiet times this week, why don't you take time to praise Christ for just how far he came. Sing up in our final song as we draw to a close. Exalt Christ, glory in him with your voices, glory in him with your lives. He is worthy. One day, All of creation, all of existence will bow the knee. A mark of submission, recognition of Christ's exaltation. Now, it it may be that some of us here wouldn't regard ourselves as as Christian. Perhaps you're still looking into things. Well, good job for being open-minded and coming along. Can I ask, has it struck you how unique Jesus is from what we've just seen? Over Christmas, I had one of those late-night conversations about Jesus with a, a member of my family that I don't see very often. And uh, maybe you know the kind of conversation. It's just as you're about to go to bed at 1 a.m., uh, the conversation starts up. Um, anyway, it didn't end, in one sense, particularly well with me being accused of gross arrogance for saying that Jesus was unique. And I think I gave some sort of rubbish answer because it was about 3 a.m., um, <laughs> If only I'd thought about this passage. Because I don't know about you, but but I know of no other religion which speaks of a God so far above us, comes so far down among us, even putting himself through death. But there's something else here too. Take note that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. There are no exceptions. And if you're not sure about Jesus, don't underestimate him. In this passage, we see his humility held out as an example to us, a a lamb-like quality to his character. Elsewhere in scripture, he is described as a lion 
both true. He offers both rescue, but also judgment. Either we will voluntarily and gladly bow our knee with joy before him as his friends, as his family, or we will bow our knee with trembling in recognition of the fact that he is king and judge. And it's presented here very clearly as as a fact, as surely as the fact that the sun rises and sets each day, so all will bow the knee and acknowledge Christ as Lord. And if we want to follow him, if we want to be united to his rescue, then we need only believe and trust in him and what he did, as we've heard today. For despite our best efforts, none of us will live in perfect humility. But in God's kindness, if we are trusting in Jesus and following him, then as verse 1 mentions in passing, we can say that we are united to Christ, united to him in his humiliation on the cross and in his exaltation in glory. If we're united to Jesus by faith, what happens to him happens to us. And we can live, we can pour ourselves out now in in humble service in light of the tremendous reward to come through our union with Christ. Glory in Christ. Imagine a Christchurch Mayfair like this in 2018. The kind of church where anyone who walks in is, is welcomed personally. It doesn't matter where they come from, what they look like, what they smell like, how they speak to, how young or old they are, they're spoken to and cared for, invited to sit next to someone. The kind of church where instead of saying, here I am, people are saying, there you are. Not looking for affirmation for others, from others, but looking out for each other's interests. Imagine a church where, where people are able to open up about their struggles and, and offer support to each other. The kind of church where rotors and lists are unnecessary and, and ministry trainees are just mucking in with everyone else with practical and pastoral jobs. Imagine a church totally united in following Jesus, humbly forgiving and forbearing with one another. A church family ready to face whatever pressures, whatever persecution, whatever suffering, whatever loss 2018 throws our way. How wonderful, how attractive, how compelling would it be How greatly would it glorify God? And I have to say, in in God's mercy, I do get to see many of these things happening in our church family. And like Paul, I thank God for many people humbly serving each other in ways that that nobody else knows. But let me encourage you to, to glory in Christ. Let's fight even harder to keep relating like Christ and glorying in Christ. In 2018, let's resolve to guard our unity, to strengthen and grow our unity by remembering how Christ humbly served us and having the same mindset as him. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so hard for us to to let go of our pride, to to allow our our status, our privilege, or sometimes even our opportunities to seep through our fingers, to free our hands up to serve you. And yet Christ has let go of much more than we will ever be asked to. He came all the way down among us. And so, 
Lord, would there be nowhere that we're not willing to go down to in order to humbly serve your people, to live out unity as a church. In Jesus' name, amen.